Welcome. It's good to see everybody here this morning. Thank you so much for coming. Uh, We're going to start a new series uh, this morning, and it's going to be on a book. We're going to work off the book of Proverbs. It's going to last about 10 weeks. And as we look at the book of Proverbs, we're going to ask this one question. How do I obtain wisdom? Some great principles and great direction in regards to obtaining wisdom in the book of Proverbs. And it's the ultimate book of how to obtain wisdom. So we are definitely going to be looking at that book. So before we ask, um, how do you obtain wisdom, we have to ask the question, you know, what is, what is wisdom? And as I was studying it, about everybody had a whole bunch of definitions. And some of the definitions were extremely long because wisdom is such a, a, a compact word that carries so much weight and so much power that the de- definitions carry on and on and on to try to grapple the magnitude of just literally that one word. And so you read this definition, this definition, this definition, this definition, all the definitions say the, the same things. So they're all pointing to the, the exact same thing as, as they're pulling these definitions out of Proverbs. But as I'm looking at the series, I'm thinking, well, what definition should I use um, that would wrap up all the definitions? And uh, so I started to look around as much as I could, and Tim Keller gave a definition um, that is really fast and short um, and simple. And so I'm going to give you a really fast, short, simple definition. It's going to be the same definition we're going to use for the next uh, 10 weeks, and everything is going to ex- be explained these next 10 weeks on the magnitude of that awesome word, wisdom, and how to obtain it. So here's Tim Keller's definition. Wisdom, number one, wisdom is making the right decisions when the moral laws do not apply. In a minute, we're going to talk about wisdom, but let's first talk about moral law. What is moral law? See, we have a creator, and with that creator, God designed uh, this world uh, for the purpose of giving you joy, for the purpose of giving you happiness, for the purpose of giving you peace. God is all about peace and wants to give you peace, purpose of giving you rest, purpose of giving you purpose, purpose of giving you direction. God designed you with your best interest in mind. Therefore, what he has done is he has given us a moral law. And inside that moral law, it's given to us for the purpose of bringing us joy, bringing us happiness, bringing us peace, bringing us absolutely everything we want as a human being. Let me give you an example of what I talk about in regards to a moral law. Let's just pretend like somebody is texting you that is not your wife or somebody is texting you that is not your husband. And as they are texting you, they're saying, I want to commit adultery with you. <laughs> Come with me. And so you're looking at these texts, and all of a sudden there is a temptation that is taking place, and you're thinking, okay, God is the one who created me, and God wants me happy. God wants me full of joy. God wants me full of peace. God wants me to be somebody who is strong. And then you start contemplating, is this a direction that God wants me to do? So then you start thinking about it, and then you start praying about it. And then you even put it in the prayer letter. God, somebody wants to commit adultery with me, and I'm going to put it in the prayer letter. Please, God, give me direction to try to figure out this answer if committing adultery is a good idea. I've never seen a prayer in the prayer request that way. Why? Because God has a good answer. Black and white, moral law, no. You don't need to pray about it. You don't need to think about it. You don't need to meditate on it. You don't need to think that, is this going to bring health? Is this not going to bring health? Because God understands our design. Therefore, he gave us some moral law and says, this will corrode you. This works against your nature. This works against your happiness. This works against your joy. Do not step out of it, because if you step out of it, you will ruin yourself 
literally as a person. Moral law in a sense of lying. Uh, okay, I got a business decision. And in this business decision, um, I can lie, <laughs> stretch the truth only a little bit. And in the process of stretching the truth, I can make $1,500 more a month. Just think what I can give to the church if I can make $1,500 more a month. Does God want me to do this in regards to making this decision? Because Africa, they need money. Special offerings coming up with a special offering coming up. Think of what I can do. This might be a good decision. What is the decision? (laughs) The Bible, again, helps you out. It's called a moral law. It says, don't lie. You don't need to think about it. You don't need to pray about it. You don't need to ponder it. See, what there is a moral law that's inside of us that God has given us for the structure of our beauty, the structure of our strength, the structure of our peace, the structure of our happiness, the structure of our rest. God wants the best for you even more than we want the best for ourselves. And that moral law was given for the purpose of us having the best for ourselves. Number two, there's a divine moral law that is just as consistent as a physical natural and scientific laws. When we look at laws, we see the laws of nature, the laws of thermodynamics, the laws of physics, the laws of motion, the laws of conservation. And when and, and more of our knowledge we get and the more study we have, we come up with all these various laws and we get an understanding of how this earth functions in regards to these laws. And when you get the understanding of how the world functions, I will tell you that it, it does... Um, it does show you that God is very detailed, very organized, and where there is literally a formula for everything. But let me ask a question. How do you live a life? How do you live a life? you got the laws of nature, laws of thermodynamics, laws of physics. There's a detail in there, but ask a question. How do you live a life where there's peace, strength, joy, everything you've ever wanted How are you going to live it? What should you do? In other words, ask the question, how do you be happy? How do you find joy? How do you find peace? How do you find rest? How do I raise my kids where my kids are, you know, are productive? How do you raise my kids where my kids are not lazy? How do you be a good employer? How do you build a country? That's a good question. How do you build a country? Think of our forefathers. Our forefathers says, we're going to build this nation. And as we build this nation called the United States of America, we want to be different than any other nation where there is going to be freedom beyond all freedom. Well, as they were looking at building a country where there's going to be freedom, they said, well, where do we go to find freedom? Where do they go to find freedom? Here's a quote from John Adams, second president of the United States. Our Constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. These guys, our forefathers, are thinking, the only way to find freedom where people are going to function free, where people are going to function literally in their mind, where it's going to be peace, strength, and beauty inside of a country, is we've got to go to this one moral law and guess who we should go to. Well, the one that created the fibers, the psyche of our being. Where did they go to? They went right to the Bible. Freedom only comes under the moral law of God. So what we do is we think of, okay, I want freedom in this world, and all the Bible does is restrict me. That's incorrect. All the Bible does is want to make you come alive. All the Bible does is make you want more passion, more rest, more love, 
more peace. All the Bible does is want to feed you with something that is so beautiful and something that you don't even know you want, but something that is so amazing that if you listen to absolutely everything it did and everybody in the world listened to absolutely everything it did and obeyed every single statement that is made, we'd have absolutely everything we want. Think about it. Think about it if everybody did exactly what they're supposed to do. Did you know there's a term for that? <laughs> they call it heaven. <laughs> That's the term. Sin is gone, and everybody functions the way they're supposed to function. Everybody functions in a moral law, how we were literally designed. Benjamin Franklin said, okay, I'm going to make a country, and we want this country to be as strong as we can on earth. Therefore, what is he going to do? Laws without morals are vain. We've got to put this as a quote from Benjamin Franklin. We've got to put laws in, fl- in place, and they can't be our laws. They've got to be our creator's laws. Now, in America, we have taken laws that are outside of the creator's laws, and we've put them in place, and they are morally incorrect. Are they going to succeed? Is it going to destroy pieces of our nation? Is it going to destroy people? Well, if it goes outside the law of God... I don't care if it's a law that is, America says it's okay, or if America doesn't say it's okay, that law still works against our human nature, against the way God designed us, and against the way that we were created. Therefore, since it is alien to our nature, it is alien to us, joy, happiness, peace, and everything that God has designed for us still, not, might not, still not, won't be there because that moral law is broken. Samuel West, another one of our founders, perfect freedom consists and obeying the dictates of right reason and submitting to natural law. When a man goes beyond contrary to the law of nature and reason, he introduces confusion, disorder into society. Thus, where indulgences is sensual, where indulgence and sensual pleasure begins, freedom ends. See, what we're doing is we, we want freedom. Why do we want freedom? Because we want joy, we want happiness. But God said, well, that's not joy. That's not happiness. You indulging into whatever you want to indulge in is not the joy you're looking for. Therefore, if you want joy, freedom, and happiness, walk alongside the God that created a moral law for you and obey it to a T as much as you possibly can, and inside that you're going to get a taste of heaven on earth. Let's continue to talk about this moral law. Letter A, there's ethical laws within our nature. When it comes down to the book of Proverbs, is Proverbs is, is just a download of information on how our nature functions the way that God wants our nature to function. And therefore, he says, do this and this takes place. Do this and this takes place. In fact, from chapter 11 clear to chapter 31, you're just going to get a download of information. They're not necessarily law, do this. But what they are is this is explaining to us how our nature functions, how you should function, how we should function inside of the way that we've been created. Let's give one, Proverbs 11. A kind man benefits himself, but a cruel man brings trouble on himself. Anybody want to be benefited? I want to live a life where I am going to receive benefits. According to this, we'll just be kind. Anybody want to be cruel? Well, what are you going to do? You're going to absolutely bring trouble on ourselves. This is a statement from our Creator that is explaining our nature that if you want, if you want, if you want to benefit yourself, specifically be kind. Proverbs 11.25, a generous man will prosper. He refreshes, others will refresh. He himself will be refreshed. Do you want to prosper? You want to be generous? 
Do you want to refresh? Refresh others. It's a book that came out years ago, and you almost everybody would know the title. It's called Chicken Soup for the Soul. And what is chicken soup for the soul? It's describing what your soul is longing for, describing what your soul needs, describing what your soul desires. The Bible is the chicken soup of the soul. Everything we need, everything we desire, everything we really want is given to us in the Word of God. See, we're not working with a a God that says, I will smack you if you don't follow my directions. We're working with a God that says, if you don't follow my directions, your sin will smack you. If you don't follow my directions, your sin will smack you, and it will take everything away from you that you love, everything away from you that you need, everything away from you that you want. Proverbs 26, 20, without food, a fire goes out. Without gossip, a quarrel dies down. This is a scientific fact. Do you see the science in this? In science, it is proven that if you gossip, <laughs> little energies come in your mind, an energy comes up in your soul, what actually builds fire? And what is that fire? Fire for hate, fire for frustration. Just the simple words, remember our creator is putting this out, the simple words of saying something bad about, something, about somebody else lifts you up and creates a hate, a fire, an energy in that person. And then the person that listens to the gossip, same thing. It's like, ooh, let's keep on going. And they listen to it, and then they start gossiping. Where do we get this science from the individual that this takes place? We get it straight from the Word of God. Without wood, a fire goes out. But if you can stop the gossip, everything will stop. Quarrels will die. This is how God wants us to function. Let it be there are relational laws with inside our nature. Now, I will say that there's a lot of laws, and I just pulled out a handful um, of laws that are given in the book of Proverbs. Look at Proverbs 13.3. He who guards his lips guards his life, but he who speaks rashly will come to ruin. I'm having problems in my marriage. What do I do? Maybe starting would be guiding your lips and trying to take control of that. I'm having problems working with my boss. Maybe guiding your lips would be something that you can do because if you can do that, what's going to happen? You're going to find the life you're looking for. I'm having problems with an employer that it works. Guiding our lips is extremely important. Do you see what's going on? Is there a science in the way that we should live? Why? Because God knows the hardware of our being. Therefore, Proverbs is giving us this direction to give us the life that we're looking for, the life that we want. Proverbs 10, 12, all the way through, hatred stirs up dissension, but love covers all wrongs. Proverbs 12, 4, a wife of noble character is her husband's crown, but a disgraceful wife is like decay to his bones. Let her see, continue, there are spiritual laws with inside of our nature. Now, what's interesting is that Proverbs does not give a a lot of spiritual laws. Um, it gives us laws that how to function in nature, how to function in our life now, how to make the life the way that God wanted us to. That's what Proverbs is given. But there are some glimpses of it, even inside of Proverbs, of how God responds to people as things are mentioned. Let's look at a couple of them. Proverbs fifteen twenty nine: The Lord is far from the wicked. Explain where God's at. Far from the wicked, but he hears the prayers of a righteous. 
What does righteous mean? You know, when it comes to righteousness or righteous, it's almost like a swear word to our culture. And even us, well, I'm not a righteous person. I'm going to stay away from righteous. That church, they think they're all righteousness. Righteousness is not a word that we really like to mention here in our nation, in our country, or, you know, even in our family. But what is righteous? Righteous is doing it right. I just want to do it right. Right for me, right for my family. I want to do it right for God. I want to do it right for eternity. Righteousness is doing it right. And then when you hear passages in the New Testament about God putting his righteousness on us, it's, well, God did it right, and he's given it to you. That's what righteousness means. I just, I just want to do it right. It's not a good word. It's actually, it's not a bad word. It's actually a word that is in it for your best interest, a word that will guide you to everything you want. Why? Because it's connected to the moral law. When that word is given, we hear the word that God is going to hear your prayers in that process. Proverbs 10, 29, the way of the Lord is a refuge for the righteous, but is the ruin for those who do evil. D, there are economical laws inside of our nature. Again, we're not coming up with all these laws, but it's really interesting that economics is something that's very, very large in our lives. And therefore, since it's very, very large in our lives, it's very, very large in the Bible, giving us an explanation of direction of how money works inside our human being. Here comes one. Proverbs 13, 11. Dishonest money dwindles away, but he who gathers money little by little makes it grow. Dishonest means wealth really quick through various schemes, but also wealth that comes really, really fast. Wealth that comes really, really fast is very hard to hang on to, and that's a scientific fact. Every time I look at the phone, they give you these advertisements and, and to almost slam people, to slam people. One of the, the advertisements that they give on my phone is, look at all the Hollywood stars that are bankrupt. Look at all the Hollywood stars that are poor. Look at all the Hollywood stars that are, you know, doing regular jobs after they had the millions and, and were entertained by that. Look at the football players that are no longer wealthy. What happens? Money just comes, and as money comes... It pulls them into a pit. But those who take little bit by little bit by little bit by little bit does what? It starts to grow. It starts to get strong. It starts to be more. Proverbs eleven twenty eight. Whoever trusts in riches will fall, but the righteous will thrive like a green leaf. Martin Luther made a statement. He said that all the greatness, wealth, and prosperity of the world was but a bone which God threw to a dog. So many people walk through life feasting on the wealth of the world and never get to the table to have fellowship with the Creator. Hanging on to something that's a lot smaller than what we should be hanging on to, and that is money. Number E, there are emotional laws with insider nature. Proverbs twelve twenty five: An anxious heart weighs a man down. But a kind word cheers them up. That one statement carries so much power because we live in a world where there is so much anxiousness, so much anxiety, so much oppression, so much depression. Did you know there's a formula to get rid of that? Say, if my wife has it, there is something that I carry that is a power, and all it is is just an encouraging word throwing the encouraging words out there to lift that person up. We hold encouraging words back and we hold power back as a result of her holding encouraging words back and we are in defiance of our nature. And as a result, we don't give those things 
and as a result, people continue to suffer. We have more power than you think you do. So looking at all these laws, number three kind of gives us the statement of what wisdom is. You have moral laws, but here's what wisdom, rules, laws, moral standards, principles, guidelines, address 20% of the situations you face. But wisdom addresses the rest of the 80. Through Scripture, there is roughly over 3,000 commands. Love God if you want to have a life. Love God and everything will come. Salvation will come. Peace will come. Rest will come. You're walking with God. Love God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. Love others as yourself. God wants our best interest in mind. Those commands are given. You got the Ten Commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not lie. Do not steal. You have all those that are coming, but it only wraps up 20% of every decision that you make. Who do you marry? <laughs> there's, there's no law for that. There's no law that says, uh, well, I marry Jody when I was dating Jody. Uh, who do you date? Should you break up or should you not break up? Do you see what's going on? Is there is a moral law that says if you want joy, you want happiness, you want strength, you want everything that you want, there's laws that give 20% of that understanding. But there's 80% out there that you don't have anything that laws don't, don't apply to. Should I stay here? Should I go to college? Should I not go to college? What college should I go to? You can't look it up in the Bible. The reason why is because my daughter is going to college starting in September, and she has an opportunity of four because she's been accepted to four. And if you look at them, George Fox, Corbin College, Point Loma, and then there's also one in Idaho. Which one is the right decision? It's not in the Bible. <laughs> There's no moral law that will give the right decision, and it all rests where? It all rests on wisdom. Should I move? Should I not move? Should I confront a person? Should I hold back? Should I speak? Or should I shut my mouth? <laughs> that is a decision we've got to make constantly in every single conversation that we have, when to speak, what to say, how to say it, and there's no laws or guidelines that are given to us. 80% of every decision that we make comes not from laws that we can be taught in the Bible or direction that you can be taught from the Bible, but comes specifically from wisdom. My wife um, often um, will get dressed at the closet, then she'll come out with a beautiful dress on, and I just have to say that my wife absolutely looks gorgeous in, in anything. But she comes out consistently and says, what do you think of this dress? And then she will um, elaborate. Does it do I look cute in this dress? Do I look beautiful in this dress? Does this dress show too much? Does this dress make me look chubby? Does this dress, well, I don't know if she's here or not, <laughs> but let me tell you what goes on in my mind. Is I don't give a rip about the dress. I, I, I don't care about the dress. But I really care about my answer to her question because I've answered the question wrong in the past. And, and, and I paid for the question of asking it wrong in the past. So I'm just giving you the male mind, or maybe just my mind, but I think you guys males can figure it out well. This is the way your mind works. Is You're not even looking at the dress. You're looking at her head, her expressions, and her face. 
and you're asking, God, give me a law for this. I want an answer that I'm supposed to give, and I don't know what the answer is. And if there is not a law in the Bible, I've already checked, there's not a law, then give me your audible voice, (laughs) because I don't want to make a mistake on this one. God's up there laughing and said, Mike, use your wisdom. (laughs) Use your wisdom. This is where wisdom comes into being. Because 20%, you're going to get a moral law that's going to give you life, peace, strength, beauty, everything God designed. But 80% of your decisions that are huge is going to be rested onto wisdom. Proverbs 4, 5, here's the good news. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Do not forget my words or swerve from them. Do not forsake wisdom, and she will protect you. Love her, and she will watch over you. Wisdom is supreme. Therefore, get wisdom. Through it, cost you all, yet get understanding. Esteem her, and she will exalt you. Embrace her, and she will honor you. She will set a garland of grace on your head and present you with a crown of splendor. Listen, my son, accept what I say, and the years of your life will be many. That verse is saying, get the 80%. Wisdom is crying out in the streets. God wants to give you direction. God wants to give you understanding. God wants to give you the words when you don't really know what the words are. And for the next nine weeks, we're going to come up with, well, how do you get wisdom? Saying the right things in each situation or saying no things when I'm not supposed to say anything. Here's one way to get started on how to get wisdom. Number four, To get wisdom, you must first study the 20%. Read your Bible daily in the book of Proverbs every month. There's um, different kinds of wisdom out there that the Bible mentions. One of the ones that it mentions is it mentions the wisdom of the world. See, what happens is that we have a mind, and as we live in this world, we are being educated whether we like it or not, and there's no neutral zone. So as we live in this world, an education is taking place, and it is going to be an education of the world, but the world does not have your best interest in mind. If you embrace it, if you love it, if you use it, and it is outside the moral law of God, it will ruin you, it will destroy you, and it will take you out. But there is something that is powerful. There is something that is strong. And do you know what that is? That is an explanation from the one that created your hardware, which is, which is God. I made you, I designed you, and I am into science. Therefore, read my word and get an understanding of how to function in your family, how to function in your society, how to function in your jobs, how to function everywhere you go. My word is given you this moral law, and by understanding this moral law, it will be then a start of wisdom. What's the difference between wisdom and knowledge? Because we're going to talk about knowledge a lot in the Bible, a lot in the book of Proverbs, because it's always talking about get wisdom, get knowledge. Wisdom and knowledge going back and forth. What's the difference between wisdom and knowledge? Um, just to give you a fast explanation, knowledge is the 20% of somebody else's wisdom. Knowledge is the 20% of somebody else's wisdom. 
Solomon was a very wise person. And as he is a very wise person, he disclosed the mind of God in his wisdom. And I can open up the pages and I can see his wisdom, I can see God's wisdom, but it's going to either fit into my mind or it's not going to fit into my mind. That is when it is knowledge. And then what's wisdom? Wisdom is the 80% that comes out of me. But the 80% that comes out of me will only come from the study of the 20%. Look at Proverbs 24. A wise man is strong. If you carry 80% of decisions that are working, that are correct, that are in accordance to your nature, you are going to carry a strength. But a man of knowledge increases his power. What's it saying? Study the 20%. You'll be strong if you have wisdom. Study the 20% and your power of wisdom will increase. Proverbs 2.6 The Lord gives wisdom. From His mouth comes knowledge and understanding. From His mouth, what is His mouth? His mouth is the Word of God. Therefore, when we go into the Word of God, we understand Him But we also understand us. We understand how we function. We understand what we want. We understand what we need. We understand what we need to literally embrace for the purpose of happiness, joy, and peace. Study the 20%. It's a new year, 2019. And in this new year, it's time to set goals. One goal that everybody every believer should set, is I will be in the Word every single day because you are in the world every single day. And when you're in the world every single day, that world will educate you. Is the Word educating you? You may say, I'll be in the Word 15 minutes. I'll be in the Word 20 minutes. But you're in the world the rest of the 24 hours outside of that. The goal, very minimal goal, is read the Word every day. And then here's another challenge, a goal that I encourage you to set. Proverbs is a download of our nature, is a download of how we function, is a download of our, um, of our intellect, a download of, our, um, of how we should respond. Well, if you know there's 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs, there's 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs, 31 days in a month, you should read a Proverbs a day. And I will tell you, it's too thick. <laughs> But D said, you know, I've been doing it for the last 40 years. I've been doing it for the last 12 years. A proverb, a day to explain to me how I function as a human being. Read it every single day. What is it going to be? It's going to be a download, but it's a download of information that you need because you're only spending 30 minutes a day in the Word and the rest of the 24 hours in the world. If you ever want to start to have wisdom, You must go to your creator because he understands your design. He understands your hardware. He understands your psyche. He understands exactly what you need. God, we just love you so much, and we think of your word, God, and we think of the words of David that he just longed for your law. He desired your law. He starved for your law. He meditated on your law. He said, give it to me, God, is because I want it. God, he was begging for your law because he was begging for a life that was rich, life that was strong, and a life that was whole. And he knew the source, God, it was in you and no other. I just pray, God, that you would give us um, a passion, God, to go after uh, your moral law because we do starve for wisdom. Thank you, God, for your word. (laughs) It is an extreme gift and help us to never take advantage um, 
of not using it. We love you in Christ's name, amen.